You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Hey, today we're continuing in a series. It's called Prevailing Prayer, and uh, we're talking about the power of prayer. In week one, we talked about why do we pray. We've talked about the, the possibility of prayer. We've talked about the types of prayer. We've talked about the Lord's Prayer. Um, specifically today, we're going to talk about a specific type of prayer. And I told you last week, I kind of primed the pump a little bit. I said, we're going to talk about this, and we're gonna, I'm going to show you in God's Word uh, all about this type of prayer. And we're going to be talking about the, the prayer of praying in tongues. Now, when I say that, there's two different responses in the room. Either the first is, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's talk about it. Or the other one is, oh, no, uh, the, this is a, that kind of a church. And I would say this. Well, yes and no, okay? Uh, the good news is we're not going to be bringing any snakes in here, okay? There's nothing crazy going to be going on, all right? But I am going to talk about this from a very biblical standpoint. And you know my heart. The reason that we have these note-taking cards every single week, and I'm going to continue to harp on this, and if you didn't get one today, we have a little stool right by the door. You can grab one and take notes. This is so that you will take God's word for it and not my word for it. Always take God's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Look these up and uh, study these scriptures in your Bible. We're going to talk about praying in tongues, or you might have heard of saying praying in the Spirit. Now, with that, I don't have time to get into everything with this topic, okay? I don't have time to talk all about who the Holy Spirit is and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, because if you, don't, if you don't know this, there are three baptisms available for every believer. There's the baptism into the body of Christ, that's salvation. There's water baptism, but then there's spirit baptism. I've done messages on that in the past. You can find them on our podcast. I can't get into all that today, but I would say this. If today you leave and you say, I want to know more about this from somebody that I trust, um, there is a, a, uh, a sermon series by Pastor Robert Morris, and it's called The God I Never Knew. So here's some options for you. If you're a reader, he wrote a book. If uh, you're not a huge reader, but you're, you, you study in your version Bible app on your phone, there's a reading plan that breaks it down day by day. I think it's 28 days. You can go through it. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't like to read, uh, <laughs> there, there's a, it, the series is on YouTube just YouTube, the God I never knew. And it's going to show up. Pastor Robert Morris, he breaks it down into much greater detail and through an entire series. I can't get into all that today, but I am going to talk about one uh, angle from it, or I guess several angles about praying in tongues. And so if you brought your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians 14. That's where we're going to live today. And to help kind of put our mind at ease before we get again too much farther into this, there's two extremes usually when it comes to praying in tongues. The first extreme or one ditch is saying, it says, never do it. Uh, if you, you better stay away from that praying in tongues stuff. You better stay away from praying in the Spirit. Don't you even think about doing that. And the other one uh, is the other ditch, which is there's a lot of weird and crazy things that are going on. Maybe you've been stuck in a service or two or seen some stuff on YouTube about praying in tongues and, and somebody started barking like a dog or like gold dust and, 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 you know, dove feathers started appearing and things like that. And you're just like, this does not make me feel good in my spirit. Well, that's because um, uh, being out of control like, like that, uh, let me say it this way. Uh, a lot of times people do weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit, and this isn't super profound, simply because they like being weird, right? I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, okay? 
And But every time I watch the Green Bay Packers on, I've never been to a game in person, but I watch them. They're in Wisconsin, right? Every time I watch it, it's 30 degrees out. It's snowing. There's always some dude with his shirt off, with his chest painted, right? And it's 30 degrees out. Why? Because that he represents every single Green Bay Packers fan? No, I wouldn't be doing that if I was there, okay? Why? He likes being a little weird, okay? Does that mean he's a bad person? Not necessarily, but he just does some weird stuff sometimes. That's the same way when it comes to spiritual things. Sometimes people do weird things because they like being weird. That's the best way I can explain it, okay? But let me put your mind at ease. For every mile of truth, there's two miles of ditches. Never do it, or if you do it, man, you're going to be doing some weird stuff. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39 says this. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. All right? So it gets us out of one ditch. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that forbid. Don't you even think about doing it. The, but then he says, but all things should be done, how? Decently and in order. You see how God's word is so clear? If we'll just read it in context, it gives us, it gives us, helps us stay in the middle of the road and find truth. Now, so what I said, don't take God's, or don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. That's why we have the note-taking cards. Take good notes today. We're going to read a lot of scripture. And when we're reading scripture, I would say this, if we're reading scripture and you may feel something begin to rise up in you, like in your spirit, something begin to rise up in you. If something rises up in you as we're reading scripture and talking about this, that's hesitations, that is uh, fears, that's restrictions, maybe even anger uh, about this topic, I would say this. When we read Scripture, when you're reading God's Word, nothing negative should ever rise up in you when you're reading the Bible. Your spirit, the only thing that should rise up in you is the the fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit inside of you says, yes, that's truth. Yes, that's right. Yes, more of that. So when I'm reading God's Word, I said this last week, if I read something in God's Word that I don't agree with, I have to assume either I'm wrong or I've been taught wrong. And that's what it means to grow up spiritually is to say, I'm going to trust this over my life experience, over someone that had good intentions and what they spoke over me or what they taught me. I have got to trust this in context, in God's Word, and in doing so, I can grow up spiritually, okay? So here's the thing. It's we're not going to do anything weird, okay? But I'm going to show you in God's Word where we talk about the, the type of prayer, praying in tongues. So here's point number one. There's two different types of tongues. There's the gift of tongues, and there's the grace of tongues. And this is where people get confused. There's the gift of tongues and the grace of tongues. Let me break it down. The gift is when someone gives a word in tongues outside of our understanding, and someone else interprets it. God uses this in a very unique way. This is whenever we are gathered together as a church body. This is one of the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit are for edification and encouragement. So if someone, we were gathered together and someone gave a word, they, they, everyone was watching them and they had the mic and they gave, they began to speak in tongues or pray in their prayer language. We're not going to understand it because it's not going to be in English. If we did that in a church setting, the gift of tongues has to be interpreted. It has to be interpreted. Otherwise, none of us are edified. None of us are built up. All of us will leave confused, right? If I just started praying in tongues right now, and then I gave you no explanation, no interpretation, I said, hey, we'll see you next week, you're going to walk out of here like, I don't know what just happened. That's because that's not, how, that's not how it's supposed to work. Paul makes it clear, look, if someone gives the gift, operates in the gift of tongues, it must be interpreted. So that's used in a public setting. And if, if, we, uh, if we do it and other people aren't edified and built up, then we're not doing it biblically. 
Every gift from the Holy Spirit is designed to help you, build you up, encourage you, give you boldness. That's why he's called our helper. That's what he's designed to do. So there's the gift. We're going to talk about today, though, the grace of tongues, the grace of tongues. This is a personal prayer language that is outside your understanding. That's for your private worship and private prayer time. This is not for me to show people how spiritual I am. This is not in my church service for people, me to make a big commotion and everyone, hey, look at me, look at God's really doing something right now. This is, no, it's a private thing that we do. And if you, you know, sometimes if you do it in a church service, it's not for others to hear. It's just quietly to yourself as you use this prayer language to be built up and to be edified. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you three simple uh, statements here, and I'll show you in Scripture exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, So point number two is this. Praying in tongues is scriptural, right? If it wasn't, then you know me, I would not be talking about it right now. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't be bringing it up because I would have nothing to show you in Scripture of where we see this for you and for me. Praying in tongues is scriptural. And here's the easiest question I can give you to, to show you this. Is it ever wrong to talk to God? You can answer. No, it's not, right? I think we're all, we can all agree with that. It's never wrong to talk to God. We're all in agreement. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, meaning others don't understand him with their mind. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. He's speaking the mysteries of God. He's praying the perfect will of God in, in when he's doing it. But what? We don't, we don't understand when someone else is doing it, but he says when you do it, where's it going? Who's it to? It's to God. So simply put, if praying in the Spirit is talking to God, then it's not wrong to pray in the Spirit, right? You see how if we just slow down and we read this word, it brings a whole lot of clarity to what we're talking about. But here's the thing. The devil wants to make you think and convince you that that is not the case, that praying the Spirit isn't for you. And here's what's, here's what's interesting about that. Um, the devil will do anything in his power to stop communication between you and the Heavenly Father. Why? Because communication is the key to any great relationship. Show me a great friendship. I'll show you great communication. Show me a great marriage. I will show you a couple, a husband and wife, that communicate greatly, that, uh, that understand each other, that talk consistently, that communicate abundantly. They have a strong marriage. Why? Communication. And so what would the devil want to do? He would want to take the purest form of communication between you and your heavenly father and skew it and have people's weirdness come through and interpret it and make it really, really weird so that you would never touch it. And now you are limited to only praying in your finite human mind's understanding. But you see, Scripture shows us that when we pray in the Spirit, what are we doing? We're speaking and praying the mysteries of God, His perfect will, things that we don't even understand, His perspective that we don't even understand. I am praying it. So here's the thing. He he talks about it as praying in tongues or speaking in a tongue. He also calls it praying in the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 through 15. He says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words that I understand. So here's what we see when I talk about scriptural. Because a lot of the verses we're going to look at today, he refers to it as praying in or praying with the Spirit. He is referring to praying in tongues. I want to make it abundantly clear. That's what he's, he's not talking about multiple different things. He's talking about the same thing. He just uses a slightly different verbiage. Point number three, I guess, was this. Praying in tongues is a benefit. So why would we do it? God, why would you give us a language that we could 
use, if we choose to, if we want to access it, why would you do that if it's outside our understanding? Wouldn't it just be confusing? Wouldn't it just be a strange and, and a weird thing? Why, why would we do it? It's a benefit. Imagine this. Imagine you just got a new, uh, you got a new job, and at this new job, you're going to have to travel. You got to go to job sites. You may have to travel out of town. You may have to do a lot of different things. And they say, you know what? Because you have to travel, you got to go to different job sites and things like that. We're going to give you a company vehicle. Here's the company, uh, the keys to the vehicle. Here's the, a gas card that you can use. Take this and use this as a benefit, a job benefit for you for what we're asking you to do. Now, imagine if, if that happened and you said, you know what? I, I thank you. But yesterday we were garage sailing. And I found a steal on this bicycle, okay? $40 for this bicycle is really nice. I would rather take my bicycle. I appreciate the offer, but I'd rather just take the bicycle that I just got for 40 bucks. Is that wisdom or is it foolish? It's foolish, right? Why? Because your company is going to say, but I have places that you need to go in order to do all that we're asking you to do. It's a benefit, and you're saying, I would rather stay here. I will get there eventually. It just might take a whole lot more work on my part because I'm pedaling and not pressing a gas pedal. It's very similar. Let me show you a few of the benefits to break it down. The first one is it builds you up. What does praying in the Spirit do? It builds you up. Let me show you 1 Corinthians 14.4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He edifies himself. That means literally to build up. It builds up your confidence. It builds up your boldness. It builds up your strength. Um, what's crazy is there has been scientific studies done in the health industry that show that praying in the spirit, when they watch the activity that's happening in the mind, that there is, uh, it, it literally begins to boost your immune system and things begin to change in your physical body. It's a fascinating study. You can Google it, and you can find a whole lot of studies that have been done on this. But it, it literally builds up. You, it builds you up spiritually, physically, emotionally. It builds you up. Look at Jude, verse 20. It says, but you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of your holy faith. Great. How do we build up our lives? Learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. It will build you up. It will build up your life ever more strongly on the foundation that you already have. The second benefit that is for you is this. It protects you. It protects you. And this is a fascinating one. I hope they don't have to remind you of this, but there's a devil out there who wants to completely destroy your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That is why God has given you and me spiritual armor. In Ephesians 6, he says, I'm giving you the armor of God, which is his armor. That's a totally different that's part of our covenant. That's a totally different message. But he gives us his armor, and he says, use it for protection and for spiritual warfare. And then in Ephesians 6, he lays out, he lists out all of the armor that we spiritually put on through our faith. I can't get into all of it today, but I would say this. In Ephesians 6, he says, take up the whole armor of God, or the entire armor of God. But I think when we list the armor of God, oftentimes we overlook a crucial part of the armor. Look at the end of this list, Ephesians 6, 17 through 18. He's listing the armor of God, and it says this. He says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Stop. Most of the time, and even in a lot of translations, a lot of times we put a period after verse 17 where really there is a semicolon, which is for a pause. And then he continues his thought, and what does he say? Praying always with all prayer and supplication, how? 
in the spirit. So I think oftentimes here's what happens. How many Christians are going through their life thinking they've put on the whole armor of God because they put a period where a semicolon was? Doesn't mean they're not protected. I'm saying it is an extra benefit to you. It's an extra piece of your armor for you. They're going through their life with a hole or a weak spot in their armor, and yet they wonder why the devil continues to kick their butt in one area over and over again. Watch any war film, watch any documentary, watch anything about warfare, and you're going to realize if I'm going to take down my enemy, I'm going to find where's the weak part in their armor, and that is where we will put all of our firepower to that one weak spot. This is what the enemy does with us. When I failed to take up the whole armor of God, this is a great reminder of why it's important that we read our Bibles slowly. You have to have a quiet time every day where you can actually read slowly and understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Don't put a pressure on yourself. I have to read a chapter today. Read slowly and until you hear from the Holy Spirit. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes I will plan on reading a chapter or two and I will get two verses in and the Holy Spirit says, that's it. That's what you need to hear today. Lean into that. Look at the cross-reference on that. Look at a different translation of that verse and God begins to speak to me. I had planned for, and I would have just breezed past it, but it's important to read our Bibles slowly. Here's another benefit. It covers your ignorance. It covers your ignorance. Let me show you in Romans 8, 26. It says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Here's what he's saying. That, that phrase, not expressed in words, cannot be expressed in words. It does not mean silent. In the original language, it means not able to put into words. I'm unable to put it into words. Have you ever had a burden to pray for someone? And you said your prayer, <laughs> and then you're just like, man, I, I prayed for them, but Lord, I still have a heavy, I just feel in my heart I need to continue to pray, but I don't know what else to pray for. Anybody ever been there before? Like, I'm thinking about them, and, I, and man, I just I keep thinking about them. I don't know why I'm th thinking about them all day. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to pray. I'm trusting you to be the one to pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. But sometimes I run out of words in my English language, and I don't know what to do. But this is where our Holy Spirit, once again, he's the helper and he says, I'm here to help you. We're human. We don't have every detail of every situation. But the Holy Spirit takes our prayers and he makes them effective when we pray in the Spirit. And when I pray in the Spirit, I am praying for things that I did not even know I should be praying for. That's what Paul said. That's what he's saying in Romans. He's saying, look, you have things that you don't even know what you should pray for. And this is why, as your pastor, I pray for you in the Spirit every week because I don't know everything that I should pray for you about. I don't know the details of your doctor's report that you just got this week. I don't know what's going on in your marriage this past week. I don't know what thing you're facing that has been disappointing that the devil's been attacking you on. I don't, may not know every single detail, but I know the one who does. And he said, I'm going to give you a way to partner together with me. I'm going to give you a heavenly language where you can pray for everything that I would love for you to pray about for their situation. And I can pray for you in every detail, and not just that, I can pray God's perfect will for your life through the Spirit. 
why when I'm outside my understanding, because I don't know it all. We're all human. But this is what happens. Oftentimes, uh, when we wake up in the middle of the night, you know, what's funny is I was preparing this uh, message for this week. Uh, this past week, I woke up at 3 a.m., boom, wide awake. And I couldn't go back to sleep until about 4.15, 4, 4.20, 4, 4.18, right around there. But I, this doesn't happen to me very, I, I can sleep pretty good, y'all, okay? So this doesn't happen to me very often. So when this happens, it gets my attention. And I knew, because I'd been studying this, that God was saying, it's time to pray. Well, guess what? It's 3 a.m., and this thing ain't woke up yet, right? My eyes are open, but my mind ain't, right? So what do I have? I have my spirit. I'm going to pray in the spirit. So I pray in the spirit for about 30 minutes. I grabbed my phone. I read a few verses where I felt like God was leading me to read. I read God's word. I just read it quietly out loud. I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, pray in the spirit super loud. Leslie would have reached over and slapped me around. I didn't do that, okay? Just quietly where I could hear myself. And then I continued to, after I read, I continued to pray in the spirit. And then eventually, I was wide awake. And eventually, I could feel that burden lifted in about 410, 412, 415. Okay. Close my eyes. Boom. I'm asleep. But what was it? It was the God saying, hey, I need you to pray. And I'm trusting you to pray right now for someone. And guess what? I have no idea who I was praying for. But it could have been one of you. And it could have been avoiding or helping in a situation that maybe you didn't even realize God intervened with. But that's the beauty of praying in a heavenly language. It's the beauty of praying in a heavenly language. Sometimes God will wake us up in the middle of the night and won't let us go back to sleep. Because we've been so busy during the day, we haven't had time to stop and pray when he's asked us to. Your spirit never sleeps. Your body does, but your spirit doesn't. And so sometimes God will say, time to pray. <laughs> and he'll trust you to pray in the spirit. Um, here we go. And the last point is this. Praying in tongues is a choice. It's a choice. This is the grace of, of tongues. The gift, some people operate in that gift of tongues more than others. Yes, that's true. But the beauty of how God's designed the gifts of the Spirit is that when you receive God's Spirit, you receive, that's the gift of God to you. you he brings along the gifts as well. So yeah, some people may operate in one gift more than the other. Some people may operate in the gift of healing more than other people, yes. But the beauty of the Holy Spirit is that you have access to every gift because you have the Holy Spirit. And that's what we think sometimes. Well, I don't have that gift. God wants to give you his spirit in a way where you have access to everything you need when you need it. Praying in tongues is a choice. Here's the biggest misconception, right? You think you're going to be going through Walmart. <laughs> you're going to be going through Walmart and all of a sudden the spirit's going to move, right? And you're going to start getting all wiggly and man, the spirit's going to come on me and I'm going to start, you know, running around the, the aisles, running around the produce section, I'm going to feel the urge to grab the, the intercom and start speaking in tongues and prophesying over people. And I'm going to be slaying people in the spirit and I'm going to have no control over it. And I pastor, I don't want that, right? I want to go to Walmart and get what I need, you know? It's not how this works. This is a choice. Everything God gives us is a choice. He's never going to take you over or force you to do something. Imagine that. If God can make us do something, what would he do? He'd make people get saved. He'd make us stop screwing up. He'd make us stop sinning. He'd make us walk in holiness. He'd make us. He doesn't do that. He gives you the choice. And he's saying, son and daughter, if you will trust me, I have some amazing things for you. But you have to choose me and the fullness of what I have for you. 
It's a choice. Let me show you again. First Corinthians 14. We looked at this verse uh, earlier, 14 through 15. He says this, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I, I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? He says, I will pray in the spirit. What is that? It's a choice. Hey, you want to go to, to, to lunch after church? I will. I will not. What is it? He's saying, I will choose. I will choose to pray in the spirit. And I will also pray in my understanding. I will sing. I will choose to sing in my spirit. And I will choose. I will sing also in the words that I understand. It's a choice. Imagine this. Why would the Holy Spirit inspire Paul to write an entire chapter of our Bible, giving him instructions for something that you have no control over? Doesn't make sense. He gives you instructions because he knows there's going to be some people that get it weird and make it wrong and make it strange and put their own opinions in there. And he's saying, trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. Trust this over anything. It's the same with some of the other gifts. Sometimes we think that this, this gift is just going to drop on us one day, right? You know, think of like the, the gift of giving. This is a good example. When you walk out today, you're not going to be walking out those doors and your wallet jump out of your pocket or your purse and a $20 bill just jumps into the, drop, the giving drop box, right? Hey, honey, I, we, I got the gift of giving today. Did you see that? It just, the spirit moved. I got the gift of giving, right? That's not how it works. If you want to operate in the gifts of the spirit and in the grace of praying in tongues, what does it take? A faith choice. If I want to operate in the gift of giving, what do I do? I make a faith decision. I'm going to start giving, and the Holy Spirit can run with that. But so many times, God's on the sideline, and we're running our life, running this race, and he's saying, hey, if you'd stop for a second and invite me in and do what I'm asking you to do, I can help you. I will help you. It takes a choice and an invitation. If praying in tongues is scriptural, if it's a benefit that builds us up, why would I choose not to do it. Here's a few myths. Here's a few reasons why. First one is this, a myth of praying in the Spirit. I can speak fluently from day one. Well, Pastor Dan, I tried that one time, okay? I was in the service, somebody prayed for me to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I began to pray, and it really sounded weird, okay? It sounded real strange. I just kept saying one word over and over. I was just, la, 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 la. That's all I had. I just, so I stopped doing it because it's super weird. I, I just felt weird about it. Imagine how it is whenever a baby is learning to speak and they're saying their first words. When Gavin was younger, he would say yellow without the Y. He would say ello, ello. And whenever he would say that when he was real little, I didn't, never once did I look at Leslie and say, he just doesn't have the gift of talking. Man. That's really going to be a tough life for him. I wish he had the gift of talking, right? The other response, I also didn't look at him and say, why is, it, why is this kid so dumb? Why doesn't he figure out that there's a why in front of yellow? How do you think your holy, your holy heavenly father responds when you begin to speak in his heavenly language that he's offered to you? Same way I would with Gavin. I'll say, I love it. Keep trying. Keep going. But the expectation is that Gavin at nine years old shouldn't be talking like Gavin at two years old. Why? Because he's been talking a lot. And he's matured in his language. And he's grown in his language. And he's grown being around his father. He hears how his dad talks. And so we talk alike. You're not going to be fluent from day one. Myth number two is this. Some people have it, some people don't. We've kind of talked about this already. 
But I'm going to show you with the grace of this of praying in tongues, every believer can pray in the Spirit, can have that prayer language. He writes this, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. He said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, here's the thing. Paul put pen to paper, but this book is God breathed into existence. So when you read verses like this, it's good to remember God himself, through the inspiration of his Holy Spirit, breathed these words. I wish you all spoken tongues. I wish you all spoken tongues. One question I always get when it comes to this. Well, can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit, receive that baptism, but not speak in tongues? And the answer is yes, you can. But my follow-up is this. You can also be married and never kiss your spouse. <laughs> the question is why? Smooching is scriptural, y'all. Smooching is a benefit, y'all. I'll stop right there, but you understand what I'm saying. It's in here. It's a good thing. Why not? Why not? You can, but, but it doesn't make sense once you've done it. Why not? Well, if it's God's will, maybe he'll give me my prayer language. Look, I'm going to remind you, the Christian walk is about opportunity. And you have to reach out and you have to receive the opportunity. God presents it and he says, here's the opportunity. I'm going to tell you it's the opportunity of a lifetime if you will choose to walk in faith and reach out and take it. And here's one of the best ways is this. When you receive this and when you're trying to pray in the spirit for the first time, you have to understand how it works. I, you don't just stand there and stick your tongue out and expect the Holy Spirit to grab it and like shake it around. That's not how this works, okay? I have to make a sound in faith. I have to, I have to say something in faith, make a sound in faith. Why? Because it's partnership. It's me and him walking together. He's not gonna take over me, force me, grab my tongue and do something weird. No, it's, I'm gonna make a sound in faith. But here's myth number three, and this is where people get really off with this. Only real Christians speak in tongues. No, that is not what I'm saying today at all. Romans 10, nine, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will not, and you're not going to miss out on heaven if you never speak in tongues. Hear my heart in that. That's not what I'm saying today. That's not what I'm getting at today. You will never, you're not gonna miss out on heaven. Here's a great example. Jesus is dying on the cross. There's a thief next to him. He's putting his faith in Jesus and he's asking Jesus for help. And he's declaring Jesus is the son of God. What's Jesus' response? Today you'll be with me in paradise. But first, he didn't say this. He didn't say, but first, let's get these nails out of here. Let's get this guy dunked in that water. Let's lay hands on him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And once he gets his prayer language, let's get him back on the cross so he can die and join me in paradise. No, he put his faith in him and he declared his belief. And Jesus said, you'll be with me. Come on, you'll be with me. Why? Your salvation is not about your works. It's not about, oh, I got this. I'm using this. Look what I can do. Look how great I am. Never. Only by the grace of Jesus. But we didn't deserve it. This is just a praying in tongues is not for salvation. It's for your help and benefit here on this earth. You're not going to need it in heaven. This going to be perfect. You need it here. You're going to need it here. And as I wrap up, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to force this on you. I will never do that. But as your pastor, I want to show you God's word. And I also want to tell you that I, I could not live my life without this. Let me leave you with this quote, and then I'll share one story, and then we'll, we'll begin to wrap up. 
my pastor growing up, Pastor Willie George, he said this. He said, speaking in tongues was given for you to receive the ability of God, to be empowered and emboldened. It's for your time of prayer so that you may strengthen yourself to minister to others. Praying in tongues, I love this last part, praying in tongues helps you pray big prayers. If God left us to pray in our own understanding, we'd pray way too small. Way too small. Why? Because I got a little mind here, a human mind. And God's saying, I'll give you my language to pray, my mysteries, my will over your life. I say I couldn't live my life without this because I know that it saved my family time and time again. When Leslie was pregnant with Gavin, we were in the hospital. He was getting ready to be there at any moment. And uh, something wasn't right. We knew something wasn't right. The doctor was concerned. The nurses were concerned. Because every time she would have a contraction, his heart rate, oxygen, everything, everything hooked up to him would just tank, like off the charts. And as contractions began to get closer and closer together, it felt like his heart rate was stopped more than it was going. And eventually we agreed and they said, hey, we have to, we have, to have an emergency C-section right now, right now. And as soon as we said yes, I swear, 12 nurses came busting in our room and they're throwing surgery garb at me saying, put this on, get over there. They're prepping Leslie for surgery. And in that moment, I don't have time. I didn't have time to, to pray in English. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to put on this clothes to go in the operating room. And they were jogging and taking Leslie down the hallway. They, they move her into the operating room. They make me stay outside while they prep her. And they sit me outside in a chair in an empty hall room or hallway by myself. And I have never felt like I've faced the spirit of death like that ever in my life. Because every thought and every negative feeling came all over me and came right to my face and was offering me death and offering me thoughts that you're, your son's gonna die, you're never gonna meet him, your wife's gonna have complications, she won't be the same, you'll never have more kids, all these lies flooding my mind. And I had no English words to respond because I was so shell-shocked by it. All I could do was praying in the Spirit. Right there by myself, I prayed in the Spirit. I said, Lord, help me. And as I prayed, my burden lifted. As I prayed, death left. And as I prayed, I had confidence to go in there and be strength for my wife when she needed it the most. And I have no doubt, yes, by God's hand on the doctors and modern medicine and the nurses, absolutely. But I have no doubt that this prayer language that I had, that I received when I was five years old, I have no doubt that it saved my son's life. And he is right here, healthy as ever. I can live my life without this. I won't force it on you, but I wanna invite you, if you want it, to receive a benefit that God has for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? The first question I have for you is this. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Pastor Dan, I don't know Jesus. 
I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I don't even, I'm not even walking with God right now. I, I need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you felt God prompting your heart right now. You'd say, Pastor Dan, I, I was once walking with Jesus, but I'm not anymore. I need, your, I, need, I need someone to lead me in a prayer. I want to recommit my life to Christ. If that's you, the first thing I want to ask is this. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Say, hey, I need to commit my life to Jesus today for the very first time or to recommit. I want to give that opportunity very, very quickly. All right, praise God, we're on the same page. Every head bowed, every head closed. Here's the second question I have for you today is this. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Maybe you're in here and you've never been prayed for to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You've never prayed in a prayer language, but you would like to today. I'm not going to force it on you, but I want to show you and lead you in a prayer where you can receive this today. And it's not weird and it's not crazy, and I'm not going to have you do anything, anything weird like that. But if you've never done this, or maybe you did it at one time, maybe you did this at one time, but you haven't used it in years, and it's gone dormant, and you would like to be prayed for again to receive it in a fresh way and in a new way. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to be bold just to raise your hand right there at your seat, I'm not going to have you come up front or anything weird. I see that hand. Once you raise it, you can put it back down. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. Good. Just say, hey, that's me. I would love to be prayed for just for that. I want to I wanna receive this. Good. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right here from stage. I'm going to have you repeat this prayer after me. You're not going to pray alone. In fact, I'm at church. Let's all say this together. Pray this prayer after me. And this is simply a prayer of receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and believing that God will use it and, and, and give you the boldness to begin to speak in your prayer language. Right there at your seat, everyone say this after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Right now, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give me my own prayer language. Thank you for helping me live a powerful life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.